it either means that Superman is a fictional character in this universe, or more likely, he's a real character who is getting great merchandising royalties. <laughs> Hi, I'm Xander. And I'm Kim. And this is Geek Primecast, the official podcast of Geek Prime. This episode, we'll be talking about Titans Season 1, Episode 2, and there will be spoilers. So if you haven't seen the episode yet and don't want things to get ruined, hit pause and watch the episode. We'll be here. Okay, warning over. Let's get to it. Right off the bat, we meet some new superheroes. Hawk, also known as Hank Hall, is chained and about to be tortured in that opening scene, but right before something kind of gross was about to happen, Doug comes in and saves him, and that fight scene was pretty gnarly. At Hawk and Dove's apartment, we learn that Hawk is in pretty bad shape. I mean, he's in great shape. All right, all right, let's cool it. But his body has been taken a beating from all of their world-saving adventures. So there's a really cute scene, actually, where Dove finds this key and then discovers that Hawk built her a Dove coop, I guess? Uh, are they called coops? Anyway, so he built her this coop for their third anniversary. Which I always thought was supposed to be leather. I didn't realize it was bird sanctuaries <laughs> well you don't know actually if leather was or was not involved because there was a sex scene i mean we heard it we just couldn't see it but there was a sex scene we also heard that hawk and dove are planning to retire after one more mission which sets them apart from other heroes so in the flashback hawk mentions that they're quote the bad kids so are they taking money from the bad guys to finance their own lives yeah that'd be a, a kind of interesting take on the superheroes because Batman, you know, he's independently wealthy. Superman works for the Daily Planet, but not all heroes can just kind of finance their lives of crime stopping. So that kind of leads us to the question, who are Hawk and Dove, actually, according to the comics? Because we just met them in the Titans TV series. So who are they in the comics? Yeah, so in the comics, the names of the characters come from 60s terminology for People who advocate for war and people who advocate for peace, the Hawks and the Doves. Hawk is supposed to be the more aggressive one. Dove's supposed to be the more nonviolent one. Supposed to be. Supposed to be, but in this she's clearly not. But in, in the comics, they're actually Hank Hall and Don Hall, D-O-N. They're brothers. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so they're... Two brothers that get given these powers by the lords of order and chaos, which are kind of godlike creatures in the DC universe. They're related to Shazam and the Phantom Stranger and a bunch of other mystical creatures there. Don, like Barry Allen, dies in the 1985 crossover Infinite Crisis on Spoiler Infinite Earths. Alert. Uh, you can't spoil a 30 some year old comic. <laughs> if you haven't read Infinite Crisis on Infinite Earth, a lot of people die, including D-O-N. Dove and the Flash. So Don Granger ends up getting his powers, Don's powers. After Don's death, Hank goes down a really dark path. He becomes Extant, who teams up with Hal Jordan. They cause Zero Hour, then he becomes Monarch, and then everything's kind of retcon. So he's got a weird history. The next story in this episode is Dick and Rachel... They're on the road. We thought that... Some people thought that maybe Dick was taking Rachel to Gotham. That's where 
she would be safe. Apparently not. Apparently he thought DC would be safer with Hank and Dawn. So Dick makes a call to his old friend Alfred before showing up at Hank and Dawn's place. So when Rachel shakes Dawn's hand and introduces herself, she actually finds out that there is definitely something going on between Dick and Dawn. Yeah, and that's kind of different from the comics. They never really even interacted a lot from what I remember from the comics. The other thing about this storyline is that Dick kind of just ruins whatever relationship he had built up with Rachel when she finds out that he was going to just dump her on Dawn and Hank and just peace out. We did find out that Alfred's still looking out for him. I'd like to have a friend that could just give me money from the Federal Reserve on demand. Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. He asked Alfred for help, and they walked up to the Federal Reserve Bank and then walked out with a bunch of money. Interesting. So do you think that we'll see Batman since we've at least heard Alfred? So this is a big point of discussion online about the show. I think that with Greg Berlanti involved in the show, it's going to be like a Supergirl situation where for the first season or so of Supergirl, Superman was talked about but never seen And then we saw him briefly, and then we got to know him a little bit more, and now there's supposed to be a Tyler Hecklin Superman spinoff. I'm so so excited for that. I'm such a Teen Wolf fan, and I missed seeing him on television. It'd be interesting to see if maybe this crosses over with Tyler Hecklin Superman, because if Dick becomes Nightwing, then if they're going to stick to the comics, then he'd have to go to the Fortress of Solitude, crash on Superman's couch for a bit, and learn about Firebird and Nightwing from Krypton. So, so many questions. The other people we meet in this episode are the actual bad guys of this episode, the nuclear family. Ugh, they are super creepy. They are a very, very weird retro family. They're playing Monopoly when we first meet them, which isn't that weird. But they're very, uh, very 1950s-ish. Very, like you said, creepy. Guy shows up at their door as they're just sitting around the kitchen. Says that they're activated. The dad comes in, says we're going on a family trip. Pull out some syringes as a interesting kind of family trip I mean, that they're taking. It is a trip. Well, I mean, that's 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 one way to have some family bonding. But then they bond in another way by going and beating up Amy Rohrbach, Dick Grayson's partner that he left in Detroit, and apparently she is now. The bad guy's punching bag. Then they catch up with Hawk Dove, Dick, and Rachel on the roof of Hawk and Dove's apartment building and proceed to kick the crap out of everyone. I will have to admit, I do not know a whole ton about the nuclear family, but you've been reading up on them. So what are they in the comics? Are they this creepy? And will they please go away? They're a little obscure as far as the DC universe goes. There's not a lot of material about them. They're in some pretty secondary storylines, I'd say. But in the comic books, Dr. Eric Shanner was a nuclear scientist, and he was pretty bad at his job. Like, exposed his whole family to nuclear radiation, bad at his job. So, following this tragedy, Dr. Shanner creates the nuclear family to resemble himself and his family. Totally not creepy. And they are supposed to teach the world about the effects of radiation and nuclear poisoning. And then somewhere along the way, unclear as to how how and when this happened, they became bad guys, and their sole mission was to destroy Los Angeles. 
just Los Angeles, specifically Los Angeles. They had something against Los Angeles. But, well, at least it's not New York this time. But yeah, I think they were they were supposed to be like glorified whiteboards, essentially. They were meant to be, they were, they were supposed to demonstrate the effects of, of nuclear radiation. So they're a family of androids. So that's what the episode of Titans didn't really tell us that much. But they're yeah, a family. Do you think they're androids in the show? I don't know. I actually don't know. I you can prove an android in a number of different ways, and they just didn't do it this episode. But they also have nuclear powers. So dad emits immense amounts of radiation. Mom projects electromagnetic pulse. Biff, great name for a kid. Just really. It's not brother. I, no, he it's actually Biff. gets a name. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Okay. He's the only one, which I think is just just horrible. Biff emits thermal pulses. Sister, so offensive, can emit blast waves, and the. Parts of the members of the nuclear family that we don't see are Brat and Dog. They didn't make an appearance in this episode. I don't know if they are going to make an appearance. I think they're, they're kind of capped it at the main four. But in the comic books, they transform themselves into radioactive fallout, which I guess would be kind of weird to show on television. I do think that I remember seeing them in the Battle for Bloodhaven comic just after uh, yep. uh, Infinite Crisis. That's what, that's one of their big ones. Okay, let's get to the favorite parts of this episode. Let's, what did let's you lighten like? it up a little bit? Well, you have a favorite. I know you have a favorite that you called out right when it happened. Dawn wearing the Superman oh, shirt. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about Superman. We just talked about Tyler Hecklin. We just talked about what Superman yeah. means to Nightwing. So I did think that was pretty funny because it either means that Superman is a fictional character in this universe or more likely, he's a real character who is getting great merchandising royalties. <laughs> I think he's real. I would love to see that crossover. I mean, I don't see how you make the Teen Titans and Batman and not have Superman in that universe. So yeah. he's clearly, he exists. He's a presence. He's there enough for Dawn to have bought this distressed tea. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have that distressed tea. Uh, you probably do. So what parts were your favorite? So my absolute favorite were all the scenes of Raven figuring out what adulting means. Now that she's on her own, which is really, it's sad, it's through tragic circumstances, but if you think about it, the whole pilot was just her in a state of trauma. Just really awful things and really shocking things happening to Raven. So it was really nice to get this breather in this episode and see her kind of being herself a little bit under these new circumstances. Now that she doesn't have a mom and she doesn't have someone to guide her, she's she's kind of making up the rules herself. So she's Well, I mean a fake mom anyway. Yeah, but she didn't know that until very, very recently. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, that was her mom. So she's just watching massive amounts of Game of Thrones, which I thought was adorable. And I mean, she's only 14. Can she really be watching Game of Thrones? Should she be watching Game of Thrones? I feel like 14-year-olds do watch Game of Thrones. I, I feel like it's like a the, little adult for 14-year-olds. I think the sex and the violence are the least... You, you know, it's like not shocking to kids these days. I don't know. That's what I think. Um... Kids these days. Kids these days. Jeez. But dumping a bunch of sugar in her coffee. These were just like really cute light moments that as they're building the Raven character help us get to know her a little bit. And there is something, there is something very Arya Stark about her, which I love. <laughs> true, true. And I do think that I've, even though I didn't watch a whole ton of Teen Titans Go, I 
felt like Raven was one of the more two-dimensional characters in that show since she was just most of the time superhero Raven and didn't get to be more than that. And so getting to see Rachel Roth is is pretty fun. Yeah. So just as important as who was in this episode was who wasn't in this episode. So the first thing that we talk about was Superman. Superman is not in this episode, but he appears as a little bit of an Easter egg. Yeah, he does make make a bit of an appearance through Dawn's t-shirt. Yes. And then we also have basically all these names that we're seeing in Dick Grayson's phone. It is a dress book. I... I did see online that a lot of those names were actually production crew from various Berlanti shows. That's cute. So that's a, that's a good on Greg Berlanti for tossing people on, on some screen time. But one of the names actually did, did stick out that we didn't have to look up, and that was Donna Troy. Yeah. So she, in the comics, usually goes by the name Donna Troy, occasionally Wonder Girl, but she is one of the Teen Titans and we may have seen her in that picture of Hawk and Dove and Robin and unnamed brunette. So we may have seen Donna may have made an appearance and they just didn't address it yet. Or that could just be random friend number three. <laughs> At this point, we just don't know. It's like that, that girl you met in college and like, you know, started drifting apart, she moved away. Or she's maybe, in all your pictures. Or maybe they got a stock image girl and photoshopped her in. Less likely. Less likely. I think that would be more fun. Anyway, we all talked about how we did not see Batman. We felt his presence, though, as usual. And we did get to hear Alfred's voice. And it's an interesting thing. Do you think that... Bruce knows that Alfred's giving Dick money, or is Alfred just able to move massive amounts of funds from Bruce's accounts whenever he wants? Honestly, I I wouldn't put it past Alfred to just, like, sneak some money to Dick under the table. Really? That's under the table money? That was a, that was a thick stack in that envelope. I mean, to to Bruce Wayne, that's chump change. Listen, people don't get rich and stay rich by just not caring about their money. I think Bruce keeps track of his money. I think he's letting Alfred help Dick because he wants to help Dick, but he knows that Dick won't accept his help. So he's letting Alfred be the intermediary. Alfred's caught between them. I am going to stay on the safe side and not speak for Batman. Listen, I'll speak for Batman. What's he going to (laughs) do? Come after me? I'm just saying. Anyway, so also not appearing in this episode were Starfire and Beast Boy, the at least characters that we've met or I that know. Know are, we know are in the show are I Starfire and Beast really, Boy. I was really hoping the producers would throw them a bone, at least like one scene. At least Beast Boy, he got, yeah. he got one scene at the end of the first episode. Yeah, that was that was a like that was a tease. That wasn't really fair. Like we don't I don't even know what he looks like to be honest. He transformed and he then looks all like of a sudden, kid that steals a video game. Yeah, well he like he transformed at the end and before you could get a good look at his face, it was the credits. So and really you're gonna turn into a tiger and steal a video game and you're not gonna bother to pick up any snacks? I mean come on, Beast Boy. That's fair. Go so on. I want to know on, what his man. deal is. I, I I, mean, we got a pretty decent chunk of, of Starfire's story, but Beast Boy literally just stole a video game in the last 30 seconds of the I mean, Starfire the had, the, had as big a chunk of her story as we did. She did not know anything about herself or anything else. That's true. But I really was hoping that just, just um, you know, 
just so that people don't forget who they are, forget that they're in play. Yeah. I was really hoping that they'd appear at least for a little bit, a little throwaway scene or something. So. Yeah, I feel like the series is going to focus on Robin and Rachel, for or Robin and Raven oh, for a little while, just because Raven seems to be the main thrust of the show at the moment. Well, remember, though, Raven and Beast Boy are kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, but they haven't met yet, and also Raven's 14, and we don't know how old Beast Boy is, but he looked like he was at least I mean, 17, 18. stealing video games. He's a kid, for sure. I mean... I know adults that would steal video games if they could. Fair. I really think Greg Berlanti has a thing against Konstantin Kovar. This is the second show that he's killed Kovar in. Because Kovar was in Arrow in season five, I think it was. He was the fighting the Bratva. Oh. And Oliver ends up defeating him. And Starfire defeats him in about 18 fewer episodes than than it took (laughs) Oliver to do. So let's go to next week's episode. The end of this episode, Dawn gets thrown off the roof by the nuclear family. Do you think she'll make it? How do you think Hank will react? What... What are, you, what are your predictions for the next episode? I have no clue. I don't even know what condition Hank is in because they established him right off the bat as, like, physically fragile at this point. Like, he's ready for retirement. He's got, like, all his bones broken. He needs a hip replacement. They're ready to run away to Minnesota or wherever they wanted to go. So Wisconsin. Wisconsin. There you go. So they're ready to, like, retire to Wisconsin. So... I don't, I mean, he looked pretty beat up. He was still squirming and moving around, but, like, I I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think Dawn is dead just because DC doesn't do that, you know? Or if, if she's dead, she comes back to life somehow, you know? There's some sort of magic interference or, or some supernatural, superhuman interference that, that brings her back to life, but I don't think that she's dead. Yeah, this Hawk and Dove don't seem to have the Lords of Order and Chaos powers that the comic book ones did. Yeah, they seem very human. Yeah, they seem just vigilante-ish, which I hope they explain why they chose the mantles of Hawk and Dove. But, but yeah, we'll, we'll find out next week. And don't worry, we'll be updating you guys on that. And remember to stay tuned this week. We'll be talking about The Flash again. And we'll also be weighing in on Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. See you later, guys. Bye.